0: live from the hot stove lounge the flames talk post game show starts now sportsnet
1: 960 the fan
0: Your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames fall 4-2 on a Saturday afternoon to the New Jersey Devils as uh, we're underway on your Flames Talk post game show this afternoon. And uh, the Flames finish off this homestand with three wins and three losses now off on a very tough three game road trip that starts on Monday. Okay, let's get our post game coverage underway following a Flames 4-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils this afternoon here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And let's go immediately to the Flames locker room right now. We check in with Matt Coronado, who got back in the Flames lineup this afternoon. Matt, uh, appreciate the time this afternoon. Just uh, how did you see this one? Felt, felt like a really close game between your group and the Devils today.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, I thought we got off to a good start. I thought we were playing fast, moving our feet um, there in the first. Uh, but c- probably did get some bounces and um, maybe need to clean things up, I
0: guess. How uh, How did you feel, Matt, getting back in the lineup for the first time in a little bit?
2: Yeah, it felt felt great to be out there. Um, it's always exciting to to be back with the group. The team's been been playing really well, so um, it's a lot of fun to to get back in there.
0: And to uh, get on that line with uh, you, Nazem and Connor, uh, a couple young players with a vet like Nazim, how how did you feel on that line tonight?
2: Uh, I felt good. Um, Naz always does a great job with with uh, talking to so me and. Uh, and to Czar, too, and helping us along. And Czar's and been playing unbelievable. So um, he was, he was kind of there to help me out, too. So um, it's a lot of fun to play with them.
0: Matt, appreciate the time. Thanks so much for doing this, eh? Hey? Thank you. That is Matt Coronado post game after a 4-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Uh, Coronado ripped one off the post in the second period that uh, would have tied this game 2-2 as uh, he popped down the right wing and absolutely wired it. Beat Vanacek but couldn't uh, beat the iron in this one this afternoon. Our Flamestock post game show is underway. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Pat Steinberg. Uh, We've got But uh, Corey Sarich and Derek Wills here at the Hot Stove Lounge as well as the Flames wrap up this homestand with a 4-2 loss to the Devils. Uh, Just getting things going with the phone lines open at 403-240-4444. The text line open at 960-960 as well. And Sarich, it uh, kind of followed an unfamiliar script they instead of the flames building as the game went along it kind of was like they faded as the afternoon went along great start well deserved one nothing lead could have been more than than maybe just the one rip lead and then new jersey kind of got to their game as the afternoon went along and and by the end kind of felt like the flames had faded at points in the third what did you see out there today
3: yeah they just didn't have everybody going today that was one part of it and then again missed opportunities i just said it a few moments ago Uh, Jonathan Huberto scores on that empty net. This game probably goes a different direction. Um, If they maybe cash in in, on a couple of their opportunities there, like uh, number four, Rasmus Anderson, has it in the slot with three other Flames players around, and you've got to – somehow come up with the right decision there, whether it's a shot or you got to execute that pass. But they have to get a chance there. And there's just too many of those that went by the wayside today, and the game kind of grew long. And again, I agree with you. The second period, they started to get a little sloppy. Blake Coleman, who usually is their most consistent player, turns one over. That one ends up in their net. Yep. Uh, then he shoots one off a shin pad and in their net. And then again, the one in the third period was a real killer. Um Dustin Wolf wants to have that pass back. It's a pretty routine play for him to know a Hannafin. They need to connect. And again, another crappy bounce that goes in their net. And again, they've done a nice job of coming back this season, but it's a lot to ask to come back as many times as they have.
4: Just to play devil's advocate, uh, yeah, the Flames were better in the first period than in the second, but I think we were all expecting a push from the Devils, and they have so much firepower up front that they can make you look out of sync and sloppy and slow, uh, and I actually thought the Flames played a good hockey game today, but for me, it was about the missed opportunities. Jonathan Huberto will be having nightmares about that missed empty net that he had to make it 2 nothing, which completely changes the complexion of this hockey game. Dennis Gilbert wires one off the crossbar, uh, as does Matt Coronado. Those are some of the missed opportunities. And then some uncharacteristic giveaways. Blake Coleman, who's been as consistent as anybody on this team, with a tough one, and even Dustin Wolf on, what was it, the second goal? Kind of missed uh, his man uh, on the half boards as an outlet. Yep, third goal. third goal, sorry. Um, But, I mean, you're you're not going to be perfect, and the Flames – Had an opportunity to win this hockey game, and it wasn't iced until Nico. He sure put the puck in the net from literally 185 feet, sailing it over everybody and right into the middle of the empty net. So uh, ultimately, the Flames are in a position where they have to win hockey games to stay in the playoff race. They didn't do that today, but I thought they were right there with the Devils, who are considered by many to be a, a strong Stanley Cup contender. Well, I like what you say about the
3: New Jersey offense. I just, for me, the guy that jumped onto my radar in the first period was Jesper Bratt. Yeah. And he just looked this he seemed to have jump in his legs, and every time he touched the puck, and you keep Jack Hughes off the scoreboard, who every time he touched the puck was dangerous tonight, generated a lot of shots, and then all of a sudden, you keep him off the board, Bratt gets you. He sure gets you. It's like, you everywhere you look, uh, <laughs> she's the three-headed monster out there. Maybe even more heads than that, and I thought they did a good job of keeping him in check, but they still have a, an effect on the score sheet.
0: Yeah, that's a uh, very, very high-powered New Jersey team on the other side. It's uh, Pat Steinberg, Derek Wills, Corey Sarich around the table, and now uh, joined by Flames assistant coach Cale McLean following this 4-2 setback this afternoon. Cale, uh, appreciate the time. How did, you, uh, how did you see this one? Kind of a, felt like a really close affair throughout between your group and the Devils.
5: Yeah, I thought it was a close affair. I, I, it sort of feels like the one that got away in our coach's office in terms of how we started the game, Thought uh, liked the way we came out, didn't capitalize on opportunities and uh, didn't come out of that period with the lead that I, that we should have. And then they pushed back in the second, of course. And uh, just a matter of a team in the Devils that has, you know, great ability up front. And they were able to capitalize on chances, whereas we were not able to do so. So I feel like we played uh, the the type of game we want to play, but we didn't get the results for it. And that's on us for sure.
3: Rasmus Anderson playing in his 400th game tonight. I thought he was solid again. And he did such a nice job in the last game and helping Mount to come back and getting up the ice and, and doing the right things tonight, he makes a great toe drag to set up cadre. Nice goal. Um, the one thing that we've talked about a little bit is we'd like to see him shoot the puck a little bit more. Yeah. He gets an opportunity there at the end of the, thir- end of the third, and he's looking to pass instead of shoot. Is this something that you have discussions with the player? Is it you present stuff to him? Or how do you view Rasmus's game right now in shooting, not shooting?
5: Uh, I think we're always after him to shoot more in terms of like the, you know, the, the mentality. We don't want to take shots that are, that are clear-sighted from far away because they're not gonna generate anything and it's actually gonna fuel the other team in terms of um, you know giving the goaltenders really easy saves and allowing them to control the play and lose possession. But at the same time, whenever we've gotta look up top, whenever we've gotta look in terms of a pass that's to a one-timer, we wanna make sure we're shooting those pucks because that's how you're gonna break down defenses and it's that next play after a, you know a rebound or a broken play as a result of a shot. And Ross is a guy who, you know, he can he can rip a puck, and he's a guy that, um, you know, we we like him to shoot as much as he can. He had that seam, sort of seam diagonal from Zari, which I think is the one that you're talking about, and he had a chance to rip that. I Thought, it, you know, he can put that on the net. Maybe it's not a great angle, but it's a one timer. The goalie's got to move, and there might be something that develops from it. Then, of course, at the end when uh, we had the opportunity on the turnover from Huberto, and I think in in that one, the pass is a little bit inside on him, so he's trying to sort of make chicken salad there, Mm -hmm. and um, it wasn't an easy play to make. But even getting it on the net, you never know. If there's four guys converging
4: on the net, something might come out of it. I'm glad you brought up Jonathan Huberto. Is he doing a better job playing with some physicality and – getting to the tough areas now than he maybe has at any point in time as a member of the Flames? I think uh, I think that
5: he does. Like, he hounds the puck, and he, you know, tries to get inside on things. He's a guy that we've talked about before. His skill is going to come through when you're at that, uh, when you play the game in that way in terms of threading needles and things sometimes you're you're a little more on or a little more off depending on the night but the one thing that I think Jonathan's really trying to do consistently is push himself to get inside push himself to hound pucks push himself to be a contributing factor on the, on the forecheck and in that sense so I'd agree with you Derek I think that he is working to get himself to good places and make sure that he's on the inside or the guts of the ice as opposed to being a perimeter player in that sense.
0: Kyle McLean's with us, Flames assistant coach, following this 4-2 setback to New Jersey. Um, Yegor scores that big goal shorthanded to get you on the board. What what have you liked about his game, Yegor Sharangovich's game, over the last month and a bit here? I think one thing um,
5: along the lines of what we were just talking about with Jonathan Huberto is that uh, Yegor is, you know, he's... Not a guy that's going to win the puck physically. That's just not really his game. But he's got to win the puck in terms of work ethic and sort of sorcery with his stick, for lack of a better term. He's got to be really quick, get underneath the people. And I think that is something that I see watching him repeatedly is that he's he's better at hounding and staying closer to the battle so that he can produce something uh, in terms of a turnover or a disrupted play that'll help lead to his offense, and then once offensively, we know you know that 's a great example of what he can do when he has the opportunity we 've seen it in shootouts we 've yeah. seen it on the power play but uh, it 's the you know you 've got to check the puck back and he 's doing a better job of doing that
3: um, I know the game 's just freshly ended. you guys haven 't had a, a great chance to hash things over. Um, just wondering if you have any sense of how Dustin Wolf is doing. I know his his misconnection there with Noah Hannafin on the one play. He, mm-hmm. He's skating around, kind of seemed to be talking to himself a little bit. And those are the growing pains you go through with young players. And yep. everyone makes mistakes. Just wonder if you have a sense of how he's doing after that game. Uh, I thought he played very well again tonight. A couple of the goals that go in are unlucky bounces. And then totally. one great shot that beats him. But what sense did you have after the game or in your short time of how he's doing?
5: Uh, solid. I think that's one of the things about Dustin Wolf that I, that I think makes him as good of a goaltender as he is and, and probably will be, is that he's mentally pretty resilient and um, will definitely ne- never dismiss a uh, an error. That, you know, when we're talking about that goalie to D play that led to the third goal, that's something that he'll take personally, but in a way where he'll work at it. Like he'll go and work at it, but he won't allow it to affect him. Um, Negatively, I think that you're exactly right. The goals, you know, there was one really, really nice shot by Heischer short side shelf. Um, And then, you know, you have a cleared puck by our own team Mm -hmm. after what, you know, was pretty close to goalie interference anyway. And then you have a puck that even on the the, uh, missed breakout play was a situation where when that did go to the net, he tracked it across, bounced off one of our guys and went in the net. So those are... They give those the real high expected goal value because when it bounces off your own guy, it's tough to save. So uh, I think he did play a solid game.
4: With uh, Martin Pospisil feeling a little bit under the weather today, he got the day off. So we saw a new Kadri in the kids' line with Nazem Kadri centering Connor Zary, And up for the first time since November 1st, uh, we got a chance to see Matt Coronado. I thought he did some good things and worked hard, but at times it looked to me like he was maybe trying to do a little bit too much. Uh, What did you see from number 27 today?
5: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, there were times when entry-wise over the offensive blue line, there was a little bit of, uh, you know, trying to force a play as opposed to make sure we live another day or make sure we just get the puck in behind the New Jersey defense because this is a transition team we're playing, and I thought that was a a flaw of our team in the second period some of the pushback they had was when we started to fuel them in terms of uh transition opportunities when we were giving pucks up over the blue line and i thought matt play, you know had a couple opportunities in that sense that i think he would like back in terms of puck management and then he did you know he broke through at one point really nice shot off of the uh bar In terms of showing what he can do with that shot I think the there's no doubt Matt Coronado will give you 100% every time he's on the ice right like he will go at it every time and it's about you know knowing when there's the opportunity to make a play and there's the opportunity to maybe live to fight another day for five or ten more seconds and see if you can find that play in the ozone
4: Ryan Huska has talked about how Yegor Sharangovich, because he's good at entering the zone and because he's a shot threat, has really helped your first power play. I was hoping we would get a chance to maybe (laughs) see Matt Coronado uh, with with his shot threat in the second power play. You guys didn't get a power play in this hockey game, which is uh, strange but true. But do, do you think that's a position where he can help the PP? Oh, he's a shooter, all right. And uh, when you look at Yegor Sharangovich on
5: that flank, with uh, you know that that sort of mentality—that when it comes up and over, it's going to the net. Um, that I think gives our power play a shot in the arm in terms of the you know as we talked about five on five just the shot mentality leads to the breakdown leads to usually the the really pretty plays happen after that right the the scene that happens when the PK is disorganized so if you can get Matty Coronado in a similar position whether it's downhill on his forehand in the same spot that uh you know on that same side that Yegor is or if you get him in a, in a one timing position he can really rip it too so would be be good to add another shot threat to our power place
0: final thought uh now you head off on the road for three it's three and four with a lot of travel again can you just take us through the 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 challenge of what these next three games is going to look like for your group starting monday in colorado
5: yeah, no easy times for us right now, right? That's uh, there's some some really good hockey teams that we've been playing for this stretch. So, Colorado, we got to get ready to roll. We'll get some travel done tomorrow. Make sure the guys take care of themselves. Um, and you know, the Colorado, they can have their their struggles at times, but they're always you know one one transition puck yep. away from being a really dangerous team. So we've got to be ready to you know. Uh, not only manage pucks but produce in the ozone against Colorado so that we can make them defend as opposed to Dealing with them on the other side of the puck, then we'll roll right into Vegas. Uh, Vegas obviously is a tough team at any at any time, but we played them well, so you know we're going to have to be really smart in terms of um, maybe a late entry into Vegas and making sure that we're ready to go for our back-to-back, and then off to Minnesota, who's as we saw a really hungry team. So we're going to have our work cut out for us in terms of the the uh, speed and the physicality and the um, compete that's coming up like back to back to back. Yep. So it'll be uh, a great trip for us. Give us a good opportunity to play some good hockey.
0: Thank you, Kale. Appreciate the All time right. as always. Thanks, guys. Thank, Thank you. Appreciate stuff. Kale McLean, uh, assistant coach of the Calgary Flames, joining us here on our Flames Talk post postgame show following a Flames 4 2 loss to the New Jersey Devils with Corey Sarich and Derek Wills. My name is Pat Steinberg. Let's select, uh, let's select tonight's hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring. Send resumes to jobs at Canyon Plumbing.com. Uh, which way are you uh, leaning tonight, Mr. Sarich? Uh, well, I'm just going to get
3: right after it, and it might be actually – I might have to give a little credit to uh, Wilsey for this one as well. I, I I, agree with him. He said it earlier on, on the on the uh, broadcast. Jaeger, Sharon, Govich, for me – was rock solid out there. He was engaged. He was back checking hard in the third period to negate a couple chances. He really wanted to beat his old team. Yep. You could see the the fire in him out there, and uh, it's a beautiful goal. He scored early to get this team going, to have that great start tonight. So I just really liked where his game was at, and uh, – he gets it from me tonight.
0: Yegor Sharangovich is your hardest-working flame, brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. A few things to, to dive into before uh, we wrap up with you two. Um, number one marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota. We were looking at the Toffoli trade from June. Sharon Govich scores against his former team, but uh, Tyler Toffoli's team ends up picking up the win on this night. And Derek, also interesting. Um, first thing that Ryan Huska was asked in the news conference was the decision to go with Dustin Wolf between the pipes this afternoon. He said that they were going to go with Vladar. It was going to be Vladar, but he also ill, and uh, they decided to go to wow. Wolf, who's feeling a whole lot closer to 100% than Dan Vladar was. And to uh, Corey's point when talking to Cale, I thought I thought Dustin played well. I mean, the yes, there was the miscue with the puck handling and the pass, the outlet pass to Hannafin. But I thought once again, Willsie, that he looked like a bonafide NHL yeah. goaltender today.
4: No issues at all with Dustin Wolf. Uh, he did what I expect goaltenders to do, and that's to give their team a chance to win. And he's been impressive so far. And as far as... Uh, The team is concerned. Probably something we should have talked about more throughout the broadcast, Corey, but we did touch on it off the top. Uh, We were told that there were 8 to 10 guys who were playing through cold and flu-like symptoms today. So considering you're playing against uh, a Devils team that finished third overall last season and, and won a playoff series and is considered to be by many a strong Stanley Cup contender, I thought again, playing against one of the top teams in the league, the Flames were right there with them and could have won this hockey game even uh, whether it be early when they had a one-nothing lead and it probably should have been a two or three goal lead with the way they played in the first or late when uh, down 3-1 they made it 3-2 and and had a chance to tie it so I give them a lot of credit for that and uh, goaltending has not been an issue for this team this season you know last season with all those one goal losses uh, after almost all of them we said you know the flames were One goal or one save away from winning this game or picking up a point. And on some nights, they've been one goal away. But there haven't been many nights or days where they've been kind of one save away. And when I say that, a save you expect the goaltender to make that they don't. The goaltending has been a strength for this team.
3: Yeah, and you look at the three goaltenders And they're not lacking confidence and that's a nice thing to see. And I think that was one of the most detrimental things to the Calgary Flames last year was like Jacob Markstrom's confidence was not there. It was up and down and he just couldn't seem to grab a hold of it. He seems really unflappable this year and I know he's injured and we're talking about the other two currently. But Dan Vladar's done a great job in some really tough outings where he's got no support from his team. Stole one from Vegas, had a great period the other night against Minnie and gets pulled. But again, they're going out there and they're playing the game and they're giving the flames a chance to win. And then Dustin Wolf again, does a a really nice job. The last couple of games wasn't as fortunate tonight, but it's been good to see them. That's you need good goaltending to win in this league for sure. And uh, I think the flames are in in good shape in that regard. And when it comes to the illnesses going through the dressing room tonight, I just wondered, like there's a few question marks in my mind. I watched Noah Hannafin and his reads weren't as crisp and he was behind a step. And just He's been so good too. I right? know, and yeah. so to me, I'm just wondering: is he a guy that yeah. that's you know a little under the weather, and he didn't have the impact tonight? And so there's a few guys out there. I could go through a few other guys and a few other things that caught my eye. But yeah, it was it was tough sledding tonight. You don't want to make excuses. Um, you just simplify when you're not feeling great. You try to slug through it, and you try to, you know, they 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 did the effort was there tonight. Execution for me again lacked a little bit.
0: Yep. Uh, and yeah, we knew that. A.J. Greer was not playing at 100% because he missed practice. Walker Dewar couldn't go today. They weren't. Uh, they didn't have Pospisil in this game. I'm not sure if that was a flu. It kind of looked like maybe it was the way the Flames announced it. They didn't put any brackets beside him. They said Pospisil and Walker Dewar flu. So I don't know if Pospisil had the flu or if it's related to that shot that he blocked in the third period on Thursday. But he didn't play tonight either, uh, which is why Matt Coronado was recalled for this game. We'll see if Coronado goes out on the road with them or is back in the American League after this one this afternoon okay head coach ryan huska in just a second phone lines open at 403 240 three-240-4444. text line at 9 flames fall 4-2 to the new jersey devils it's pat steinberg cory sarich Derek wills around the table let's get some final thoughts from our broadcast duo starting with mr sarich
3: well it was a pretty good homestand for the calgary flames um i know tonight could have really sealed it and made it that much better. Yeah. Four and two sounds a heck of a lot better than three and three, but it wasn't easy. And they came, and I thought they competed hard in five out of six opportunities. So it's nice to see. It's nice to see that they are close, they are there. They're going to have to get uh, a couple guys rolling if they want to have success. They've got, you know, Kale was just talking about some of their tough opponents upcoming. This team does not score with one guy running away with it. This team needs to score by committee. They need everybody going. They're going to have to have multiple numbers show up on the score sheet and they got to get number 88 going. They've got to get Dubé going. Uh, I don't know how they're going to accomplish this, but until that happens, you know, you're kind of firing with a few cylinders, not there clunking around. Right. And, uh, you're just not going to get to where you need to be as the Calgary flames, unless you have the whole team on board. And, uh, Again, these guys are going to head out on the road. They're going to be challenged, and they've got they've got um, some really really tough opponents that you can't take a night off. So I think you mentioned Matt Coronado. Should he go with them on the road? I think definitely you're going to have to drag these guys along. Tis the season. You're going to you're right. going to lose a few more bodies probably to this illness. You're going to have guys that are questionable. But again, we're going to have to. Their Calgary Flames are going to have to get rid of their excuses. They're just going to have to find a way with whomever's ready to go and uh it it's going to be it's going to be a tough test, but uh their game's in in decent shape if they can get everybody going
4: and I didn't think Matt Coronado had a great game today, but I'd like to see him go on the road and play on Monday and play on the power play in that game because For me, in order to beat the Avalanche, you're probably going to have to at least break even in the special teams battle, if not win it. And yeah, they've scored a shorthanded goal two games in a row, but sooner or later you're going to have to start to score some power play goals. Their first unit has looked better, thanks in large part to their shooting threat in Yegor Sharangovich. Mm-hmm. I think adding a shooting threat in Matt Coronado to their second power play could potentially get that unit going. So I'm looking forward to the road trip. It's going to be a tough one uh, for the Flames with uh, the back to back playing against two of the top teams in the league. But they've played some of their best hockey against the best teams in the NHL. And, and when I think about the games they've played since their six game losing streak came to an end. They played 17 games. For me, there have been two, maybe three bad games since then. This team is playing a lot more consistently. I thought they were right there going toe-to-toe with the Devils in this game today, and the difference, in my opinion, was a few missed opportunities and a couple of turnovers. That turned what could have been a win into a 4-2 loss with an empty netter. So this team's trending in the right direction, ultimately with the position they're in after a 2-7-1 and one start to the season, the, the, the process isn't going to be good enough, they're going right. to need the results, uh, and they've been getting pretty good results, but it's a tough road trip coming up, and you don't want to put a glass ceiling on them, but if they could come home with uh, two out of three, uh, that would be a successful trip for them. And uh, to your point, you said this at the end of the broadcast, Corey, you know, they're a saver a shot away from being four and two instead of three and three on this homestand, and little things matter.
0: Good job, last yes. four games.
4: It's been fun working with you, Corey. It awesome. Thanks again. Thanks for putting up with me. It was good. It was good. It was, <laughs> it was, good good to was a to treat. you on
0: board. Uh, big round of applause for Corey Sarich after doing four games with us. Uh, thank you, gents. Be well, and uh, we'll see you on Monday.
4: Your suit game is strong today, Pat. Thank you. You look great on the radio. Thank
0: you, sir. I see. Got to look good on the radio. Uh, <laughs> Corey Sarich, Derek Wills signing off. Here's head coach Ryan Huska following a 4-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils.
6: First of all, Ryan, what went into the decision to have uh, Dustin as your starter tonight?
7: Uh, We have a little bit of the flu bug going through. It was supposed to be Vladdy, but Vladdy was not well yesterday. So,
0: you see, on the go-ahead goal, you obviously saw enough that you thought that should come back. What did you?
7: Well, I mean, we talked about before um, or last game, the guys in the room have a lot of different views and. Really, we didn't feel there was a push on our part for him to go into the goalie. So that's why we challenged. You yep. know,
8: it's never as simple as, the, as this, and I'm not trying to say it's why you lost, but it did, did it just feel like the bounces weren't
9: fully going your guys'
7: way? Uh, yeah, well, no, it's not why we lost, but tonight was one of those nights where there were a few weird ones, that's for sure. We hit a few crossbars um, tonight. We missed some chances, and at the end of the day, um, those are the opportunities on our part. We have to find a way to put away at key moments of the game early in the second period. Uh, we had a great first period. We need to score early in that second period to um, put them on their heels a little bit more. So those are opportunities that we let get away from us tonight.
8: Oman actually said that's what frustrated him about the game was he felt like you guys could have put it away early and yeah.
7: didn't? We had chances for sure to do that. But um, when you let a good team hang around one or two mistakes like we made on a couple of their goals, um, they end up biting you.
0: What did you think of Coronado's play today?
7: I thought he was. He had some some chances with the puck. He also gave some pucks up tonight. So I thought I thought he was okay tonight. When did the concern set in? Maybe in the second period that, that, that you didn't have the same whatever as you had in the first period. You didn't have the same jam. Uh well, we lost. I, I thought we lost our speed through the middle of the ice, which made us successful in the first period. So that um, I think you can. Um, put on maybe the decisions that we were making. We gave the puck back to them a little bit too much in the in the second period. First period, we moved the puck really well and we did a good job of keeping it away from their defensemen. And when they had that the puck, we put them under some pretty good pressure, but we got away from that a little bit in the second period.
0: When, when that part of your game gets away is there a way during the game to get it back or is it one of those things that's hard to really get back in the bottle once you lost it well
7: there's two teams like they they did some things better in the second and third period as well without a doubt um, but you just keep reminding your guys of why they had success in the first period so that's kind of hockey sometimes
1: anything different going to getting the start you wanted tonight rather than the games we've talked about
7: lately no it's funny you know we, we prepare them the same way and and more often than not they prepare themselves uh, the proper way too um tonight i really liked our energy that we had in the first period and i thought we um we put them on our, on their heels which is something that we want to do we just we have to find a way to do that consistently but there was nothing really different in regards to how we prepared them
9: what did you think of
3: coronado tonight
7: uh i mentioned earlier oh, yeah
3: I was going to with
2: Dustin Wolf's game, is that a tough one when one goes off, well, two go off feet that go into the net? Or what is your sense of Dustin's game? I thought he
7: played well tonight. He made a young mistake on the the one puck handle, the last goal. Um, You know, and unfortunately, whether it hits a foot or a stick on the way to the net, uh, those things happen. But I thought he played well for us tonight for this afternoon. It
6: did did seem like maybe the the Coleman line was
7: fighting it a little bit. How do you see there? I agree. The, you know, I hate the term puck luck because you're earning your breaks in yep. life, but uh, it did seem like there were some pretty bad bounces that went against you tonight. There there were some funny ones. I would agree with you there. But, again, you know, you got to find a way to make good on your opportunities. And, and when you have something that goes against you, you want to make sure you're backing your teammate up so uh, it doesn't end up in the back of our net. Do you guys finished this? What is do, sorry, yep. what does it yep. do to a bench when a player misses an open net? Uh, it happens it's part of the game i mean they they kind of ride the wave of emotion like all of us do you think it's going in and then it, it doesn't end up going in so they're probably thinking like the coaches were how did it not go in um but it's part of the game and they're they've all been around that before
8: you guys finished the homestand three and three yep. just generally what what's your perception of of these last six games
7: um a little bit up and down i guess like you you could see from the record
0: head coach Ryan Huska post game following a 4-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils here at the Scotiabank Saddledome on a Saturday afternoon. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post game show, Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text lines open at 960-960. Your calls, your texts, and more around the corner. Homestand wraps up. Three wins, three losses. A three-game road trip starts Monday in Colorado. This is your Flames talk post game show, and this is Calgary Flames hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
7: The Flames talk post game show continues from the Todd Stove Lounge
4: on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.
0: Final score: Flames fall 4-2 to the New Jersey Devils here at the Scotiabank Bank Saddledome. It's Steinberg along with you on your Saturday evening now. It was a matinee affair at the Dome to wrap up a six-game homestand. Uh, Flames finished the homestand. Three wins, three losses, and now a three-game road trip starting Monday in Denver, Colorado. Phone lines, 403-240-4444. Text line nine sixty nine sixty. It's Pat Steinberg along with you. Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, let's get some post-game reaction. Uh, we'll go inside the Flames locker room in just a second, but we didn't have an opportunity to hear from Tyler Toffoli on Friday. Didn't have an opportunity to hear from Tyler Toffoli pre-game on Saturday. We did chat with him post-game. Now, he did not factor in on the score sheet, but he's had a great start to his time as a member of the New Jersey Devils. Got 21 points in 25 games, and uh, Tyler Toffoli and the Devils win here at the Dome today. Uh, Here's the former Flame, Tyler Toffoli, uh, looking back at the game and looking back at his time in Calgary post-game.
6: What, what stands out, for you from
8: your brief period here in Calgary? Uh, just how you know tight the, the group was. It was it was fun you know being around all the guys and uh, we had some some good times uh, going for dinners and uh, coming together. So just uh, remembering those so those times and obviously uh, fell short of the playoffs that first year and then last year was was a disappointment. But uh, still still good to see the guys. What can you tell us about why things didn't work out in the end last off season? You did say that you were open to staying with the team, but ultimately resulted in the train. I mean, there's, there's obviously a lot of speculation out there. that I wanted an eight-year deal and all this stuff. That's definitely not true. And, um, you know, it is what it is. It's It uh, ends up being a business decision. And uh, they didn't feel that I would be kind of part of the future or whatever they, uh, they kind of wanted to do. And um, it is what it is. And I've moved on. And uh, things have been uh, going well. And I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be a part of this team. And uh, the guys are great. The organization is they're great to me, too. So it's, it's been a lot of fun. So, but, Toss just on the recent run of the New Jersey Devils, three in a row on this road trip. I mean, it's six or seven or eight the past eight. What's you for the Devils right now? It's just uh, I think we're just playing a simple game where we're finding ways to win, and uh, it hasn't it hasn't been you know six five games like it kind of was earlier in the season. We've uh, tightened up defensively a little bit and haven't given up as many opportunities. And um, our goalies have been sitting on their head as well, so it's been. Uh, it's been a fun run here, and now we've got to go to Edmonton, win tomorrow, and uh, finish off the road trip right. What have you learned from Nico? He's here since you he doing the Devils. Uh, I've been saying he kind of reminds me of, of Kopey back when I was at LA, just obviously not as big. He kind of just does everything right, and um, you know, does whatever it takes to win, and, and helping the team. So it's uh, been amazing having him back in the lineup, and, and healthy, and, and playing the way he's playing.
0: Tyler Tofoli post game. So, uh, did address there the very, very briefly uh, address the. Uh the um, his exit and he did talk back in June when the trade was made from Calgary to New Jersey and uh, did address it a little bit there. He's no longer a member of the Flames, of course, now on a good Devils team that comes into Calgary and wins four uh, two. Let's hear now from Blake Coleman. He's a former member of the Devils. It's a little further back, uh, but Blake Coleman, who's been really good for the Flames over the last little bit, assisted on the Yegor Sharon Govich goal to make it one nothing in the first period. Uh, here's Blake Coleman post game inside the Flames locker room
2: is that a game where it sort of feels a little self-inflicted it's a frustrating one um yeah I felt like we probably should have been up by three goals um, early in the second period and you know we just had some missed opportunities and didn't take advantage of uh, what I felt was a pretty dominant first period and um uh, we let them hang around and you know and then unfortunately we got you know I got the turnover on the first one um uh, shoot it off a guy into the net, second one, and then another another, uh, bad bounce off our own guy on the third goal. So, uh, yeah, just uh, it's frustrating because I felt like we had that game in hand and and should have taken care of it.
7: Yeah, that's probably not to repeat what you just said, but just the idea of not being able to take advantage of a really good first period has to kind of sting, too, because I know you've been used to digging out of late.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's why it's frustrating. I think we finally got the start we were looking for, and... um, like I said, I don't think we could have played a better first period. I thought um, we controlled the play, only come out of it with a one nothing lead. Probably should have been more. Great start with the second period. A um, couple missed opportunities early in the second, and you know they got they've got talented players. And you know if you let a team hang around while they're not feeling their best, and um, you know they can make you pay later in the game, and that's what happened.
0: What did you I see on the contact and the uh, go ahead goal in the second? What did you see on that?
2: uh yeah i don't, yeah i was you know i talked brief, briefly with uh the refs about it and the call is what it is and i can't really speculate on it um you know they felt that you know there was enough contact uh from our guys from me and from Raz and me and um radio? you know it's unfortunate it ends How up the- in the net and it's a tough one it's you know they're doing their jobs as best they can and um obviously I'd like to see that go the other way just as a competitor and I want to win the game And but it is what it is and um, you know it's part of the difference it
8: did feel to me like a game like where the bounces didn't go your way but based on what you're saying I mean you are it's more
9: you're frustrated with the performance
2: not the performance I mean guys worked hard I, you know we ran out of gas a little bit I thought uh, second half of the second first portion of the third period but um, that game should have been well in hand by then in my opinion so um, just one that those sting a little bit more when you felt like you you could have uh, really put the gas down early and we just weren't able to find ways to put pucks in.
7: Did you feel snake bit on those two plays that you were involved in and just felt like those are bad bounces?
2: So, yeah I mean it's the way it goes. Um, some games puck bounces in your favor and some games it doesn't. Um, frustrating you know you try to do the right thing every time you're on the ice and you know my, my thought on that play is to get it out of the chaos and out of harm's way and of course it just uh was a shin pad and off one of our defenseman's legs and uh yeah but we'll get those bounces down the road
0: there's Blake Coleman post game following this one so uh, a couple of miscues for Blake that end up uh, not helping the Flames and uh, he does assist on the Sharon Govich goal that made it 1-0 and uh, he kind of got the play started on that one so an up and down game for Blake Coleman on this Saturday afternoon it's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post game show second consecutive game for Dustin Wolf who got the start in net now we found out from head coach Ryan Huska, you heard it just a few minutes ago, that the plan was to go with Dan Vladar, but he's been under the weather. There's a flu bug running through that Flames locker room right now. So Vladar could not go, or they decided to go with a closer to 100% Dustin Wolf than go with Vladar fighting through it. Uh, so Dustin Wolf, for the first time ever, starts on consecutive games in the NHL. It's time for the Save of the Game, brought to you by Shane Holmes. And Dustin's Save of the Game came in period at number one. Sharon Govich, the stick handles in, and backhands it in behind the net. Anjapani will pick it up, tries to kick it to
4: his stick, but gets cut off by Siegenthaler. And the loose pick's scooped up by Howla. Works it up the left wing side. Jack Hughes in, shoots, and Wolf, calm, cool, and collectively
0: makes a good glove save. got a few howls there in the background a little howl there from azam back at uh sports that 960 world control uh and uh yeah i thought i thought it was um it it was a solid game for wolf i've i got no issues with him he looks like an nhl goaltender um you know some bad bounces go in i want to go back to will and bc's text we're gonna get to the text line in just a second um but I want to refer to Will and BC's text from Thursday in just a second. But that was uh, Dustin Wolf's save of the game. That's one of the 25 saves he made tonight, or this afternoon, rather. And uh, his save of the game is brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit com. the better way to build. And essentially what uh, Will and BC said Thursday after the win over Carolina was, Dustin Wolf's a really good goalie. He makes you beat him, which will sometimes happen, and especially because he is a smaller goalie compared to others in this league, maybe it, it he, he will get beat sometimes. Sometimes he will get beat cleanly, and I think you saw that on the Nico Heischer goal. He got beat cleanly on the Heischer goal, who found a little space and uh, a very good finisher, absolutely wired it. But he's not going to beat himself, and so yes, he might be smaller, and so that can sometimes be uh, di- uh, that that can sometimes be uh, difficult for him to fight through, but he doesn't beat himself. He doesn't let in softies. I mean, you take a look at the 2-1 goal and uh, the weird bounce that ended up going there, and then the 3-1 the goal was an unfortunate one, and, and I guess you could say, oh, yeah, well, he beat himself there, but it was an outlet pass. He came out to play the puck, and he just didn't hit Noah Hannafin, and that's going to happen, and it happens to all goalies who pull the puck, play the puck, and Dustin's pretty good at playing the puck. So was it a mistake? Of course. Do you want to continue seeing him playing the puck? 100%. And that mistake isn't going to happen all the time. So I thought Dustin played really well, and we'll see how it goes. We'll see how they – we'll see what they end up deciding for the game come – Monday in Colorado. Remember, it's a back-to-back, so they go Monday, Tuesday, Colorado, Vegas. Good chance we'll see Wolf in one of those two games. Also important to note, Jacob Markstrom is on IR, but is eligible to return on Monday, so could be back in at the earliest for Monday's game against Colorado. We'll see what his uh, injury status and that broken finger is looking like. Okay, to the text line we go at 960-960 for the first time following this 4-2 loss. Uh, this reads, Wolf looks strong again. Uh As for Dubé, it's time for the coaching staff to sit him. He's absolutely useless these days. Lindholm, it's time to move uh, him to get some young players in and start the retool. Uh, This says, Pat, given the long-term commitment to Huberdeau, do you think the Flames should be looking to bring in and try new players that he might have more success with? Like Duclair from San Jose. I think they had success together in Florida. Sorry if this topic's already been covered. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad idea to give it a try, depending on what that acquisition cost is going to be. I wouldn't be trading away young players or, or high leverage picks for it. You know, and it might be it, I, I believe declares on a and I'm just going to go look now because I, uh, my my, reco- my recollection on this one might be wrong. So before I say it, why don't I just, you know what? It's better as as many have taught me and I've been burned on once or twice before. It's better to be right than to be first. Boy, did we learn that yesterday with Shohei Otani, Hey, eh? It's better to be right than better to be first. Um, and Anthony Duclair, he's on a one-year deal. So that's what I thought. He's on a one-year deal. You know, a guy like Duclair might be more interesting to take a look at in the offseason as opposed to trading for. He might be a guy they target in free agency, and depending on the way things are going, he might be a guy that they overpay a little bit for and be okay with overpaying a little bit for, because if they are going through a rebuild, maybe you can give them a two- or three-year deal at more than he'd be offered otherwise, but you're not really in a cap crunch for those two or three years, and maybe that could help getting, get Huberdeau going. I just don't know if you want to be depending on the direction this team decides to go, and I think many of us believe that a younger direction is the way to go. I just don't know if they should be giving up picks or prospects to bring in a guy like Duclair at this point, especially if they're gonna be kind of top ninety picks. I don't think a first or a second is is going to be needed, but you know, you're probably a third round pick. That might be what San Jose's looking for, even though they gave up a whole lot less to bring him in. Um what else we got here at 960-960? Uh, this comes from Max. Says, yeah, I'm 14 and a huge fan of the show. Just wanted to say that it made me happy. The Flames had a great start. They showed up in the first, unlike other games, and played a pretty good period. Unlucky that Coleman gave those pucks away that led to goals. I just want to say that Jonathan Huberdeau has to score on that play. Uh, they're paying this dude almost $12 million and he can't score in an open net two feet away. Anyways, some positives to take away from this game, and really happy to see Wolf doing well. Have a good night. That comes from Max. Max. Max, Max, you text better than I text. That was, I thought 14-year-olds only texted in like uh, weird shorthanded and and, and emojis that mean different things. I thought that, and and memes. That's what I thought 14-year-olds text. That was more coherent than I usually text. Good stuff, Max. I like that. Um, I I agree on Coleman. They were uncharacteristic giveaways. Like you don't usually see that with Blake. He's been one of their most consistent and one of their strongest players all year. Uh, and as for Huberto, yes, he does have to hit the net on that. There's no doubting that that's a time where you're like, yeah, you need Jonathan to finish there, and that's a 2 nothing lead. Now to the texter who I see has texted back, to the texter who said this loss is all on Huberto, and he wears it because of that, and the only reason they lost this game was because of that that's a little extreme, but Max, to your point, yeah, your highest-paid player at ten and a half million dollars at a key point in the game that could have put the team up two nothing, you would have liked to see a finish there from Jonathan, no doubt about it. Um, Randy says this team has decent goaltending and defense, but no top-end defensive offensive talent. Rather, when Lindholm and Coleman are your top scorers, you have trouble. Um, this says from John in Mesa, Arizona, I appreciate Huberto working hard. I really do, but he's being paid Otani money to put up points and be a difference maker in key situations. Um, and yes, to to the other point, when you're paying him that much money, um, you expect, you expect that to, you expect him to finish there. There's no doubt about that. I, I, I'm not going to disagree on that. Uh, this says Wolf Wolf's mistake cost the Flames the game. Why wasn't Vladar playing again? One mistake. So Jonathan missing the the empty net. That Wolf miscue behind the net. Those were not the only things that cost the Flames the game. They were. Parts of the loss, but they weren't the only things that one one particular play did not cost the Flames the game in in this one. Um, that being said, the answer why wasn't Vladar playing? He was sick. That's why wasn't Vladar? That's why Vladar wasn't playing. Um, tch tch tch. What else we got here at 969.60? This says, love the rookies tonight. Question, does having the American League team playing on the same ice help with the transition, same altitude, same building, seems like a benefit? Yes, I think there is absolutely a benefit in that regard. And I also think part of that benefit to that text is that, you know, there's no there's no travel in a lot of, you know, sometimes there is if the Wranglers are on the road or the Flames are on the road and the Wranglers are at home. Um, you know, sometimes there will be travel. But to have the NHL and the AHL team in the same city playing out of the same building, you um, there's just a whole lot more access. You know, Jordan Sigalette, for instance, shuttles between the Wranglers and, and the Flames. So it's a whole lot easier for him to see both of, you know, his goaltending crops in person. It, it, there, there's no doubt about it. There are benefits and significant benefits to having the American League team in the same city. It's why a lot of other teams have started going in that direction. You know, Toronto's had it for the longest time. San Jose's gone down that road. Vancouver's gone down that road. Uh, it, they're just they're There's a lot of benefit to having it. Vegas has gone down that road either in the same city or in the same general region like the lower mainland or or like the vegas metro area so on and so forth um this from miguel uh the flames lackluster game tonight and it didn't play well they got to compete better and for 60 minutes not just 20 uh they there's a couple things that i don't understand there but uh yes thank you miguel uh and yes this was just kind of the opposite they have not started well, and then come back to win. In this game, they did start well, and uh, it kind of got away on them as things went along. Uh, a few more texts at 960, 960 as the Flames fall 4-2 to the New Jersey Devils. Uh, this says, from Dean in Northwest Calgary, the New Jersey power plays tops in the league. The Flames struggle with their power play. Can someone explain for the listeners the difference between the two power plays? Is it structural, or is it skill and execution? I think the number one difference between the power play of the Flames and the power play of the Devils is that the Flames don't have players like Hughes and Hughes and Heisher uh even Taffoli um few other names that you could, Timo Meyer, like there's some high-end talent on the New Jersey Devils, and that when that number one power play unit starts to roll like they did, that power play that they had after they made it 2-1 and the challenge went against Calgary, like that was scary how good the power play was. They didn't score on it, and a couple of fearless blocks from Rasmus Anderson and Mackenzie Wieger but uh, yeah, I, that, that power play looked really, really strong. And I think the main issue for me, or, or main difference between the two, would be the fact that one's got elite talent and, and the other doesn't. 960, 960 on the text line. More texts in just a few minutes. The phone lines are open at 403-240-4444 following a Flames 4-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils. Let's go to the uh, phone lines for the first time. Uh, 403-240-4444 uh, Flamestock game on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. My name is Pat Steinberg and first up on the phone lines on this Saturday is Eric. What's up, Eric?
9: Oh, not much, Pat. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, man. What's going on?
9: Well, I just watched the Flames lose, but i got to tell you, I'm I'm actually i not happy they lost, but I'm happy the way they lost. They played really, really well. They deserved the win. They didn't get it. Things didn't go our way. And I, I hate the term, you know, puck luck. I really do hate that term. Right. But it, things just didn't really go our way tonight. Uh, also, I've been on hold for like 30 minutes, and in that 30 minutes I've heard a lot of stuff. I heard Ryan Huska say we don't want the puck in the back of our net and i do agree with that right and then uh, hearing coleman talk uh you know it, it sucks to hear somebody say you know coleman you know I, I don't know i i think coleman's doing really really well that that Absolutely. year when we when, when we went uh to the finals or not the final story but the playoffs and edmonton eliminated us uh Coleman, was he, he had a lot of big mistakes, right? And Now, I think he's turned it around. I think he's a huge part of our team. I want him here. I love Coleman. And then Corey Sarge said uh, that Coronado kind of had an okay game tonight, uh, which he kind of did, but we know that when you hit the post, there's only two things that can happen. It can go in or it can go out, and it, and it happened to not go in. Had Coronado's shot gone in, we'd be raving about the fact that, well, that, that would have that that taken us to overtime. Right. So I just well, I think everybody maybe. played so well tonight, like even though we lost <laughs> and that coach's challenge. I don't know how I feel about that. I I think maybe we should have won that. But regardless, it didn't really change the outcome of the game because they didn't score on their power play. But um, all, all in all, man, it was just it, it sucks to watch us lose. But to lose the way that we did. Yo, know, these guys were working good, working hard and working together, right? And I just I'm very happy to see them functioning the way that they are.
0: Yeah, I mean I, I didn't I didn't uh I didn't hate them. Like I, I actually thought over sixty I thought they were better in this game than uh maybe they were against Carolina on Thursday. They just didn't have I it was just weird because they, they finally got off to a really good start. That was the best first period they've played in weeks and then they kind of faded as the the game went along. And and maybe knowing the flu bug that's going through them, maybe that was to be expected. I mean, as we talked about, there were probably, we we believe there's like seven, eight guys that were playing through it that that did play, plus Dewar couldn't go and Pospisil couldn't go and Vladar couldn't go. So they, I guess it's kind of to be expected in a lot of ways. And I know that nobody uses it as an excuse, but – to be expected, maybe that they were all playing through a pretty nasty oh, flu, and, and, and we're when we're missing those
9: those, those key players. And this, and this is the thing that like you say, Pospisil, right? I didn't even know who this kid was until like two months ago, and now it's like, and you know, I don't want to take a stab at at, at O, but I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the guy's he's he's got it. He's, he's got, obviously everybody knows he's got to kick it up to to earn what he's making, uh, and I'm sure it's hard on him. It's got to be a mental thing, but. But like Zari and Pospisil, these guys came out of nowhere, and they're they're playing like they deserve ten million dollars. You know, like if anything, the the problems that we have are good problems. We we have these talented talented players that it, it's just insane. Like I I think we will get it together, and hopefully, if you know for the sake of the organization, I think we're going to have it all together figured out, dialed in. Right at the time that this arena opens, when we when we finally have our new arena, that, maybe that's wishful thinking, but I I do think that's the way it's going to go. It's just it's insane how good some of these kids are. Like we got it, we we got this.
0: All right, Eric. Appreciate the call, man. You have yourself a great night. Oh, and also, Pat. Just so you know,
9: uh, yeah. real quick, uh, Jerry Forbes is like always has been like the number one radio personality. You're an easy number two. Like I love you, Pat man. You're you're the greatest guy. I love hearing you on the radio. Well, so I, all the best to you, brother.
0: I will uh I'll take uh I'll take being number two to the best ever all day every day. So that's uh that's very right. kind of you, Eric. I appreciate that. Yeah, you take care. Thank you, man. That's uh, very nice of you, Eric. I, uh, I, don't, I don't agree myself that I would be in that category, but if I am for Eric, that's awesome. That's just because I have no self-confidence, but um, I, uh, I'll take that all day as a compliment uh, if I can be in the, the same conversation as Mr. Forbes. Uh, let's say hello to Magarsa on the phone lines following a 4-2 Flames loss to New Jersey. What's up, man?
1: Hey, buddy. How's it going?
0: Good. Good to hear from you.
1: You too, man. Long time. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This season's going like I hoped, honestly. Um, you know, the way they're consistently falling behind obviously is not a recipe, you know, for success. And uh, I think it's very clear that uh, this is not a contending team, obviously. That's not rocket science. Um, but, you know, I like to compete in them and, uh, you know, happy that there's no quit in them. And it's good for the young players, obviously, to see this too and and to develop, obviously. Um, so with that, I think it's, it's a good season. Um, but, yeah, I'm obviously on the side of uh, hoping that they move players out, obviously, the UFAs, um, and build this thing proper. You know, it's it's been too many years now of uh you know one and done or no playoffs at all so mm-hmm. i think like the other caller was just saying um hopefully by the time the the new arena opens that they could build something really special you know and um that we have something really good to look forward to and a good team um you know to see hopefully in the future and um but what do you think about coleman i, I mean what has he got left on um contract wise?
0: Um he would this would be year three for Blake as a member of the Flames. He signed a six year deal, so he's got three years three years left at four point nine. Three years left. Yeah. Do
1: you think there's any way they would move him?
0: Um That's right it's a good question. He's got a no-trade clause, so um, yeah. he 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 would be able to block any trade. First of all, second of all, I actually would lean. I mean, would they? Maybe, and I think anybody on this team is tradable. So that that's important yeah. to point out. But I actually I would lean towards if I'm them and he. Blake Blake decided to sign here, yes, because he wanted to win, and he felt like this team was was moving in a certain direction um but Blake also talked about when he signed here how much he really you know thought that there was an opportunity to put down roots for him and his family and and to raise kids here and and I don't know there's he wants to be here and and he signed to want to be here, and he's also a damn good pro, and he's won, he's a leader he leads by example on the ice. He leads both by example and just overall off the ice. I, I'd want, if, if he, if they are going to go in a slightly different direction and, and he is okay staying and would like to be a part of that, I'm keeping Blake Coleman on my team all day, every day, because he does, he does things that I just think are, you know, invaluable for a younger team. Like the, the example that guy would set for younger players on this team if they were to bring more youth in? I I think that there's only a benefit in that, if you ask me.
1: I agree. I think the only reason I brought that up was he's the type of player I think other teams would definitely covet, mostly contending teams. But I think you're right. He's he's a professional. Um, I think he's actually – I think um, I would have loved to see him as a captain I think he's got that in him. Obviously, he's a champion, two-time champion, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah. But if they do keep him, I think that's great too. And, uh, yeah. Anyways, great to hear from you, buddy. Um, I'll let other callers uh, speak. And you have yourself a good one, eh?
0: Be well, McGarsa. Appreciate it, brother. Take care. Thanks, man. And and you know, I I even understand the question. I just I you still do need you still do need players and you, you can't just go all young and you can't just go all, Oh, here's, here's a bunch of guys and let's see what they, you still need players and you still need good players and you still need veteran players. Even if you are going in a, a slightly younger direction. And one of those guys that I would absolutely pound the table hard to keep in that regard. Whether they are going to go younger or not going to go younger would be Blake Coleman all day, in, in my opinion. Tony is up next at 403 240 Flames fall 4-2 to the New Jersey Devils. What's up, Tony? Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm good. How are you?
10: Yeah, I'm all right, brother. Um, great first period. I think they played really strong that first period. Um, For sure. Yeah, and uh, you know what? Just... <laughs> We, we probably we don't have the talent to keep playing from behind, right? We, we've been getting lucky lately, but just don't have the talent for that, right? No, that's not. Low, this is not. Scoring.
0: This is not a chasing team. This is not what what you would call a team that I, ideally you'd want to be in that situation on a regular basis. And I agree with that.
10: Yeah, and man, Huberdeau, like the the guy just floats out there. Some I don't know, man. This is craziness. Like a, I still can't believe this guy. All these years, got all these points out. I don't know what what the heck he came to Calgary and he can't do anything. But I mean, I thought I he played a horrible game today.
0: Yeah, I, did not stay, think, I, I didn't think. I didn't think this was one of his better ones. I, I I wasn't enamored with. I thought that line was actually on on the attack quite a bit and and were generally effective as a line. Um, but I, I I didn't think this was. I thought Huberdeau has been better since the start of November. But I didn't think this was. One of his his better outings,
10: you no, know, like and I agree with you. There's no way I would trade for DeClaire unless I'm giving up some like Adam Ruziska or something like that. There's no way I'd be giving draft drafts or whatever for for, for uh, Declare. I would like you said I'd wait for the off season. It's not like we're we're building a contender here where we're one piece away. You know what I mean? Like I would I would actually wait to for the off season unless, like you said, Adam Ruzicka to me he's that guy's doing nothing. Yeah, you know, he just, he's just—he's a big body. Doesn't play aggressive. You know, he's—I he, don't know. I, if we lost him, it wouldn't be a big, big loss. I don't think we've given them enough chances now. So, but uh, yeah, but, and as I said, any veteran on this team, as long as you can get a first or second rounders, you have to look at the possibility to get rid of them. Because I believe you to make to to get a true contender, you have to start picking high end, like in the first, second round, those are the players that are, you have to pick and you're hoping you get a, bunch, say you get, you know, in the next five years, you get uh, 15 first or second, you know, combined. And you're hoping that after that you, you get two stars where you can build a round. You're not going to build a team, a contender, picking fourth and fifth rounders. So for veterans, if a team wants a veteran that bad, uh, even if he's under contract, I'm not even talking about the UFAs, even if they're under contract. Whoever it is. Could be any player on the team. If you're getting
0: if you're getting high if you're getting like a high asset for them.
10: Yeah, if you're getting a high asset for them or a high prospect where, you know, that it was a first round prospect where this team needs a certain veteran to to go over the top, okay, you know let me I mean? let
0: me uh, let me throw one at you just to, to test that theory because you know I, I think okay. it's, it's a fair it's a fair point. Um, what if like what if somebody comes asking on Rasmus Anderson?
10: Yes, it it would have to be something that knocks our socks off. Yes, it 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 would have to be something like wow, this is we can't we can't okay. say no to this because I'm saying it. We got to rebuild. Forget about this retool stuff. So I'm like I love Anderson, but I mean, uh, but if someone came and I'm not sure what they would offer, but if it was something where there was a first and a high-end prospect, like in a second, something like that, like I'm a package like that where you you know you have to look at the future. I agree with you. I know you do have to keep veterans around, but I mean, you are going to have some veterans. But I mean, if there's someone that wants a certain veteran and they're willing to pay the money, especially when they have term. So you get someone like Anderson that's – well, his contract's 4.9. That's amazing for his talent in the league. So you got a contender that say, okay, we want ground because we can add another player because his contract's so low. You know, you got to go. you got to look at that, man. You, and like Huberger, man, I would retain $3 million and see if anybody would take this guy. And you'd probably still get no takers.
0: Well, I'll say this about just overall um... – I think I think Craig Conroy is open to a lot. Like I don't think I don't think there's anything that would be um off the table for Craig right now when it comes to some of the things he would consider whether they're in season or off season. I I think he's got a lot of things that he like if you called him, I I don't think there's going to be a lot of hang ups. I guess would be the way that I would put it. Not to say that he's going to do everything that comes across his desk but I think he's willing to consider a lot right now.
10: Yeah, like, you know, I mean, he should be, right? Because, like I said, we're not a contender. We're going to have – it's going to be like this all year. We're going to play a couple of good games, you know, and we're going to, you know, mm-hmm. lose a few games. Is this the way it's going to be? That's We knew that. It's not, it's not like it's a, it's a surprise. And, uh, like I said, if you think the way we're doing isn't bad, because Mangiapane, uh really, what, Manjapani, he's having a horrible season again. <laughs> Like I don't know, and, he, and I like Manjapandi, but I don't know. It's uh, we really need him to start scoring. If you know, even if he wants to stay, you uh, know, the wild card spot. You know, we're gonna need yeah. players like that. But I mean, like I said, Pat, anybody is available. Anybody. But uh, you know, that's uh, yeah. Uh, that's you know, that's what I have to say. But uh, you know, and there's one other thing. This one caller there said that you're second on the on on the. On the radio, Is it that, that was his opinion. Hey, Pat, I say you're in the top fifty at least.
11: <laughs> hey, but I'll take
10: why? it. <laughs> you're top fifty. I'll so take it. it. You're
0: you're you're in the top. You're in the top at least one hundred of regular right. callers on this program. So you're doing better than me. That's perfect, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for taking my call. Good to hear from you, buddy. Take care, my butt. Thanks, Tone. Uh, What else we got at 403-240-4444? Flames fall 4-2 to the New Jersey Devils here at the Scotiabank. Saddledome, uh, let's say hello to Travis. What's up, Trav? Hey, Paddy. What's up?
12: Um, Didn't get to watch the game, but uh, just wanted to maybe ask you a couple of things. Sure. Um, Yeah, so, like, I kind of heard something on the – it was from a reputable – insider online today that maybe people have been calling about, um, see if the flames are maybe interested in taking on some different contracts. And so, so my question would be, would you consider start moving these guys sooner and getting some assets and maybe creating some more cap flexibility for yourself? So maybe you could even bring in more assets and maybe, you know, be that middleman or, or help other people, getting contracts off their books so you can accumulate the most assets as possible. Um, that's not,
0: that's so, you're, so you're saying, so you're saying like, would you start to move out, say Lindholm, Huberto, not Huberto, Lindholm, uh, yeah. Hannafin, uh you know, do that sooner rather than later. So that down the road you could, or, or you'd have more cap flexibility to take on a Tyson Berry or another contract. Yeah, exactly. that's been, um, and then, and then, get some assets because you're helping out another team that's kind of where you're going with it yeah yeah um i mean i i don't think i i still think that you might want to give it a little bit more time to see so that you know exactly what you have with this group uh you had a good november and a poor october and december's been very meh so far kind of so so good bad there's been a little bit of both but i don't think that Overall, that's a poor idea. Um, And I don't think that, like, you urgently need to uh, rubber on the road to trade some of those other players if you want to have the ability to do what you're suggesting. Uh, So... I do think there's something to be said about if the Flames do decide to kind of go in a slightly different direction that, that going down that road of what you're talking about right there and uh, maybe taking on a, uh, a bad contract or two to help another team, I do think that's something they could look at. I just don't know if they need to, if that necessarily correlates to they need to make a deal right away with some of their other players. You know what I'm saying?
12: Yeah, I know what you're saying. I just feel like, you know, for If we're at the time, and in my opinion, we are, and obviously I'm not the boss, though. If we're in the time of of, um, we're switching this team up, which is about to happen, I just think um, if we're trying to get assets, um, the more assets you accumulate, whether it's picks or prospects, you just have a better chance in the future of accomplishing the goal we're trying to accomplish, right? Um, You know, someone's mentioning the more picks you have, the better chance you have. I I think maybe it was just um, Tony there. But he, he's not wrong. You know, we're, we're probably, who knows, maybe we'll bottom out and get a top three, top four pick. You never know. But, but realistically, we're going to need as many assets as possible to, you know, maybe try to hit on a, like a Braden Pointer, or Kucherov in the second round, something like that, right? We hit on right. draw, obviously. Right. That, that was a home, home run. But, but there's still a lot of good players that are drafted in the later first round, second rounds. That, that can be huge impact players on a team for years to come, too.
0: Well, and I, I mean I don't I don't disagree with the premise that if they are going to switch it up a little bit that, you know, accumulating the most amount of assets as you can, there's there's something to that. I don't I don't think that we're gonna see this team completely blow it up, Trav. Yeah. Um Yeah, no, but, I don't think so. But I mean if they do make a move, say they do trade Hannafin, and they do trade Lindholm, and, and they do trade them indeed for futures, and so they don't add a ton more on their salary cap, and they do loosen up their cap a little bit. Well, in that in that case, then I think that they'll have opportunities, too, to do what you say, to to bring in... A contract to maybe help out another team temporarily. I, I think there's something to that. I just don't know if it needs to be right away. I still think you can accomplish that without doing it like immediately. You know what I'm saying? But so the theory, the theory. I think there's there's absolute wisdom in the theory for sure.
12: What would be your time frame to to carry that out? Is it another 20 games? Is it 30 games? Or is it pretty much pretty close to the trade deadline?
0: Well, honestly, I, I mean, whenever. Whenever you hit your target, like whenever if, – if if you have decided that you're going to trade Noah Hannafin and somebody comes asking and says, hey, we're willing to – you know, you, you wanted this earlier and now we're willing to do it, well, then do it. If If you've made the decision that you're going to go down that road and you get your asking price, then pull the trigger. But if you're not getting your asking price – then I think you keep on waiting, and then when you get to the trade deadline, you can determine then you know if you have to change your asking price at all, or if you can, can or, or if you can get it. So that that would be kind of what I would say.
12: Fair. Sure. And uh, someone on the tech side was saying something. Why is Wolf playing today? Blah blah blah. Man, I think it's amazing Wolf's playing. It's uh, it, he he's still super young, and the more NHL games he gets, I think is just crucial for his development in the next couple of years along with all the other young guys that are playing like it's just it's actually so great to see that we just have we actually have some some young guys that have some serious skill you know maybe they're not it's not a Connor mcdavid but but could they be impact players on this team in the future i think so there's a few so you know the more games they get the more the more development they get in the NHL and, and just to, to learn how to be a, a real good pro, I think it's just that, that um, experience is invaluable for them.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that.
12: Right? 100%. So
0: um,
12: yeah, I don't got much else, Pat. I think uh, th- this is going to be the team. This, this will be the team. This is um, t- just like, I think Tony said, you know, they're they're going to win a couple, they'll lose a couple. They're not challenging for the Stanley Cup. It's it's not happening. They could sneak into a playoff spot, but I don't know how beneficial that is either, to be honest. I think, you know, a top 10 pick might be more beneficial than than what we're used to as a Flames franchise and, you know, that middling pick even a little bit later because I think you do have still a better shot of hitting a player in the top 10 than you do later on as the statistics would say so. Thanks, buddy. Have a good night,
0: man. Good to hear from you, Trav. Uh, Take one more call before we head back inside the Flames locker room. Uh, 403-240-4444. We say hello to Anand. What's going on, Anand? Anand, you there? And, and going once and then going twice and good evening, Oh there you are there you are what's going on you, you almost we almost moved on you got in just in time what's up
13: yeah actually i'm uh, in my car right now so i have to play with the bluetooth a little bit i'm good how are you
0: i'm good how are we doing
13: yeah, doing good. Yeah, I just finished my shift. I was hearing the game on the uh, radio uh, Sportsnet 960. Uh, first of all, thank you to Corey Sarge and the team uh, for an amazing uh, weekend of calling. He did well, and you guys too did awesome. Uh, my one question for you is, uh, since I didn't see much of the game, uh, how do you think Dylan Dubé played tonight? First question.
0: Um... Not, I mean, he was kind of, there There were a few players that were kind of just not, uh, that, that were kind of non-factors. He, he was, I, I didn't think that he was poor, uh, but he was kinda, you know, kind of, you know, kind of was a non-factor for a good chunk of this game.
13: And uh, Mike Coronado, I think uh, he, did, he played well also, right? Or uh, did he also have some troubles in between? Uh,
0: he was, he was okay. Um, he had a hit the post on one opportunity. Um, so I thought, I thought he had, he had some good stretches, had some stretches where it looked like it was his first NHL game in, uh, about a month and a half. But I, I thought generally it was a pretty solid game for Matt, just in, especially knowing the circumstances that it was his first NHL game since early November.
13: Right. And one final point to make, I think what the Flames need to now do is uh, they got a first period goal, uh, that was amazing. Then now they need to put, uh, stitch together comebacks and the first period all together to play a full 60 minutes. I think that's the only lacking factor right now uh, because I like uh, Wolf, how he played and everything. So I think that will be the only factor going forwards for them to fix uh, the first period and then stitching together the comebacks, right?
0: Yeah, if they can, I mean, this was this kind of had the opposite script uh, this afternoon. They they actually got off to a good start, and yeah. then and then kind of faded as the game went along. Now, I do think it's important to point out that they had, all, and, and I know that nobody inside that room is going to come out and say it publicly, and and because that's just kind of not not how you do it as a pro athlete, but. um I, I do think it's important to point out that they were playing through a pretty uh, like the the, the flu bug flu bug has has torn that room apart. There, I think there were multiple guys who were well under 100% fighting that flu in there on the ice. A few guys had to miss because of it. So I do think it's important to point that out that it could th- them fading as the game went along could very well have been related to that.
13: Yeah, I also had a bit of the flu last weekend. I took uh, rest uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I salute the players for coming out and trying their best. All right, let's look forward to the road trip. Uh, Thank you so much, Pat, for taking my call. And have a good night and talk to you on Monday.
0: Okay, appreciate appreciated the Flames fall by a 4-2 score to the New Jersey Devils on this Saturday. It's your Flames Talk post-game show with Pat Steinberg along with you at 403-240-4444. Phone lines are still open. If you want to chat on this Saturday, you can still get us on the text line as well at 960-960. Let's go back inside the Flames locker room, and uh, it's time to hear from the captain. Flames fall 4-2 to New Jersey. They finished this road trip with a 3-3 record. Here is uh, Michael Backlund. Post game, following a 4-2 loss to New Jersey,
7: Michael, does this feel like as though you wasted a really good first period effort there and just weren't able to kind of find a way to keep that going?
14: Yeah, yeah, really good first period. Uh, I thought we were playing with some pace and we got into forecheck and a second thought got away from it. Um, still tight game, but I thought yeah we made it hard on ourselves. We wasn't playing as fast and. We weren't as efficient and good on four check in the second. And then they yeah, had to chase in the third.
7: And lots of chances, too, right? You have posts, you have an empty net for the most part there. Uh, I just wonder, I mean, the frustration level when you know you've come oh so close to kind of making it more of a game.
14: Yeah. Um, even in the first, I thought we could have been up more than we were. Um, and yeah, in the second, um, we had some looks, and same in the third. But then today, the we got to um, play the same way for 60 minutes if we want to win this league.
15: In that first
8: period, is that a lack of execution offensively, or do you credit their goalie, or where do you come out on that?
14: No, I thought we were, you know, we were sharp. We were playing well. Um, yeah, maybe the last pass or last shot wasn't quite there uh, at times, and the goalie made some saves. Um, um, overall, it was a better first period than we had in a long time.
7: How bad do you feel for a teammate? Like, your, your linemate Coleman just got two really bad bounces, like, the giveaway for the first goal, and the the rebound in the second.
14: Yeah, um, I mean, second was a really tough break. Um, even the third goal, I heard bounced off a couple guys and went in. So, um, a couple of really tough breaks uh, on those two goals. Um, then today, the though, we let him back in and have to play so well in the first.
0: There you go. That is Captain Michael Backlund following a 4-3 loss, 4-2 loss rather, to the New Jersey Devils here at the Scotiabank Saddledome on a Saturday afternoon. That wraps up a six-game homestand for the Calgary Flames. They head off on a three-game road trip starting on Monday when they take on the Colorado Avalanche. It is a rough road trip too. They play three games in four nights. They go from Colorado to Vegas, Denver to Vegas. I'm not saying that's like a long flight, but it ain't the shortest of all time so you change time zones denver to vegas and then you play in vegas on tuesday then you go vegas to minnesota now you're changing two time zones playing the wild on thursday and then you come back it's uh it's a bit of a gauntlet the flames are about to hit uh, we'll see what they do with it and we'll see how they play starting with Colorado on Monday. It is time to select today's player with heart brought to you by HeartFit Clinic as uh, the Flames end up falling in this game by a 4-2 score. I'm going to go with, we because uh, Corey Sarich went, Yegor Sharangovich as the hardest working flame, which was uh, a really strong pick. I'm going to go in this game with uh, Nazem Kadri as our player with heart. Kadri scored the 3-2 goal that got the Flames back within one. Uh, Kadri in this game today had the goal, four shots. He had five attempts, and uh, that was Nazem Kadri's game. I thought that he, uh, again, looked pretty solid, played with some jump, um, was was skating well with Zari. So uh, I'll I'll go Nazem Kadri as today's player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. For heartfit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office, visit heartfit.com. Let's go back inside the Flames' locker room for a final time. Check in with Yegor Sharonkovitch. He scored a beauty late in the first period to give the Flames a one nothing lead. Here is uh, Yegor, who's really started to come into his own as a member of the Flames. Talking post game inside the Flames' locker room.
7: Does that game sort of feel as though you you wasted an opportunity after a very good first period? Yeah, we
16: had the, you know a good first period, but it's after I might be a little bit slowed down, you know and did a couple of mistakes in and on like offense blue line and where we should like maybe chip it in and go hard for check. You know, we just did like turnovers and we slowed down this time.
7: You, how good did that feel though to score the goal against your old team?
16: Yeah, it's feel good when it's scored to old team, but it's it's not enough for the game.
0: Can you can you take us through your goal?
16: Ah, uh, I just saw it like when Kozik had a battle close to the board and. Oh, I really cheated, you know, went to the neutral zone and called it just, in, and I went to 1-0 and just scored.
1: you feel like you have good chemistry with Blake on the penalty kill? He mentioned that in the last game when you set him up for the short-headed goal.
16: Yeah, we had, you know, we played like all games together in PK, and I think we do it well.
5: How much credit do you give to uh, Banachek tonight and the other,
8: the other goalie?
16: Yeah, he played well.
0: There you go. That is Yegor Sharangovich post game following uh, this 4 2 loss to the New Jersey Devils. It's uh, Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post game show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, it's time to look ahead. Uh, looking ahead is brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Biotech. Dot .com okay Next up for the Flames is Monday. They start off a what do they start off a three-game road trip on the road against the Colorado Avalanche. So Monday's game is at 7:30 p.m. It's on Sportsnet West and Sportsnet One. Uh, the Flames fell 3-1 to Colorado earlier this season in their first head-to-head meeting. That was on November 25th in a really close game. Uh, that was Calgary's third straight head-to-head loss against the Avalanche, and overall they're 2-5-0 in their last seven against the Avs, going back to March of 20. 22 uh, so that is the first of three on the road for the Flames. starting Monday they're into Tuesday uh, into Vegas on Tuesday rather for an eight o'clock face-off and then the road trip wraps up Thursday against the Minnesota Wild in St. Paul at six o'clock so it goes Colorado Vegas Minnesota three games four nights starting on Monday and that's looking ahead brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit Oncolyticsbiotech.com. Let's get back to the text line at nine sixty nine sixty. following a 4-2 loss to the New Jersey Devils on this Saturday afternoon. Um... This says, from Shubes, was my first time at a Flames game since the Smith-Talbot fight. Solid game. Lacked a bit of urgency in the third, but very exciting to watch Wolf. And I love the uh, oohs from the crowd. Yeah, they are good. And it's cool to hear them in the background even of uh, of Rick Bald or Derek Wills when they're calling the game just to hear it in the background. It's uh, pretty cool. Um... This from Bob and Bones, who says regardless of who they trade or who stays, shouldn't they be trying to get a number one or two center? They have D and wingers, but no centers on the horizon. Um, yeah, I mean, if they if they're looking to bring in a prospect or or um, kind of like that young NHLer to be targeting down the middle. I, I don't think that's a, a bad idea. I mean, you take a look at their center iceman right now, and you like having Lindholm, Backlund, and Kadri. but Kadri's over 30, Backlund's over 30, Lindholm's about to turn 29, or, yeah, he's, he's going to turn 29, so, um, yeah, that, that would be an area that you could target it. If it's not via the actual player, it might have to be a player that you draft, but, no, Bob, you're right. I mean, that's, that's definitely something or definitely an area that they – would be well served to be looking at. Uh, this says, me and my brothers used to call number 88 the magpie. The guy was relentless and pesky up until his contract year. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I, I mean, I know what Andrew Manjapani is as a player. I just haven't seen it as consistently from him this season as, as much as the Flames need it. Uh, this from this from Eric and Red Deer Although Flames didn't win There were some positives from what I heard from you Wolf played well and was consistent Made a mistake, but goalies have made mistakes before Defense played well, just didn't convert on the opportunities uh, And the thing that I'll say about Wolf Yeah, was there a mistake on the, the He came out, stopped the puck behind the net Tried to make an outlet pass to Noah Hannifin. It got intercepted and ended up in the back of the net That was the 3-1 goal that would turn out to be the game winner But you know what? That's going to happen If you are a good goaltender in this league who plays the puck, which all good goaltenders do, I mean, playing the puck is is now a big part of being a top goaltender in in the NHL. You've got to play it well. Jacob Markstrom is one of the top five puck-playing goaltenders, maybe higher in the NHL. Wolf does it pretty well, too. And so when you do that and you are encouraged to do that, like Jason LaBarbera and Ryan Huska encourage their goaltenders to do that because it helps immensely with the team's breakout. It helps the defense immensely in in not taking wear and tear with some of the hits they might have to absorb if a goaltender doesn't come out and do that. There's going to be mistakes, and a couple times a year – a goalie who does that is going to have a puck go in the back of their net based on that. That doesn't mean they should stop doing it. So I think that's a good point by you, Eric. Uh, Will in BC says... In the last few weeks, I think Huberto's play's improved, but I think he set the bar low. The best I can say is he's been less of a liability than he's been, but as a contributor, I still don't think he's worth what he's getting. I never think, oh, great, Huberto's on the ice. He'll make something happen. Isn't that what you need from his pay level? Pat, if he was a call-up from the Wranglers, do you think he would have stayed with the Flames this long? Uh, well, I mean, on the on the last question, yes, because even though it has not been great, he's still one of their higher scoring players. Um, he's tied for second on the team with uh, 15 points. I'm not saying that that is what you're paying 10 and a half million for. Of course not, but uh, yes, I do think he would have stayed up with the Flames this long. As for the other part, though, Will, I think that's very well put. I do. Um, I do think he's been better since around the start of November, mid-November. I do think it's trending in a better direction. And in saying that, it's still not production-wise and impact-wise. No, it's still not at ten and a half million dollars. No, no doubt. I, I'm not going to dispute that. And and I I defend Jonathan because I I think first of all he's going to be here for the next seven and a half years. Like the contract is signed. And, and I also do think he's playing a little better and, and is playing better over the last month or so than probably he did at any point last year. And, and to Will and BC's point, yeah, the bar was not set as high as you would have liked. So it's got to continue, and I don't know if it's ever going to get back to the point that you would get to the point where it's at, you know... million or 115 points. I don't think that we're necessarily thinking that's happening at any point or that level's happening at any point in the near, near future. But positive progression, the way it's gone, I think you'll take that at the same time. Uh, What else we got here at 960, 960? This from... Uh, TJ in Strathmore says based on last year's performance and the way things are going this season, take the flaming C and switch it with the flaming W uh, however, give the X wranglers a pass, example, Wolf, Zeri, etc P.S. I love the black jersey uh, no I do not uh, this Is what he says, I love the black jersey for the CF Red not, lastly, when you need a goal, play country roads, extremely motivational, yet another afternoon loss as I anticipated, on that note I'm taking the country roads back to Strathmore uh, hopefully you uh, are or have have driven safe, TJ. Uh, appreciate the text. This is from Robert in Vancouver, Pat. I'm curious where you stand on Elias Lindholm. I know in the off you were hoping to have him signed. Has your opinion changed? Do you know if the Flames still want to get him signed? Yeah, my opinion has changed, Robert. It has because it didn't happen. I was, and I'll be the first to say, um, you know, I was very adamant in the off-season going into this year that signing Lindholm to an extension was the way to go. Well, it didn't happen for whatever reason. It did not happen, and now we've seen the start to the season, not just for Lindholm, who's been up and down. He's their leading scorer, but also has been, I think, inconsistent in the impact that he makes. And also we've seen the team, and the team has been up and down and inconsistent and has shown us that they are... Not a top end team, they are a bubble playoff team is what they've shown us through two months of the season so far and so for those reasons no i i'm i i don't I am nowhere near anywhere as bullish, nowhere near as bullish rather about signing Lindholm, and definitely not to the term and the dollar figure that was thrown out before and i I'm of the opinion that probably trading as of right now i think if if it's not signed and they weren't able to get eight at seventy two million. Uh eh, maybe trade is the way to go with the way things have gone for the individual and the team this season. So yeah, Robert, my opinion has changed on that. As for the Flames, um I don't think that they have fully made up their mind, but my my belief is they're also leaning towards the trade side as opposed to um as opposed to re signing. Um, what else we got here at 96960 this says I've again dropped Huberto off my fantasy team. I'm looking forward to the day I can pick him up again. Dude so close, just can't get everything to click at once. Um this from Rick from Montrose, who says, don't read it because it's bad typing, but I'm going to try anyway, Rick. I think I can do it. Uh, not to be pessimistic, but this is three games and four nights starting on Monday. That's tough against good teams and can easily end with three more losses. At this point, the Flames, at that point, rather, the Flames would be 11-16-1, and the season would likely be over. This is a huge, t- huge trip. See, Rick, I told you I'd get through it, and this is a difficult trip, and this... Yeah, this is a very, very difficult trip upcoming. No doubt about it. It just absolutely is. Um, and finally from smiley says, uh, can you please provide an update on Shillington, any timeline for the return? No timeline. He is skating and, and has been skating rather consistently at the team facility. Um, so he's been skating like not on his, he's been skating on his own, but has been skating here at the dome and has been around his teammates and has been doing stuff on the ice and he's been around the coaching staff and all that type of stuff. I would say that this is the, Most positive level that it's been at so far um, since Shillington was unable to join the team at the beginning of last season. So it's been, you know, about a year and a half. This is probably the most positive level it's been at on Shillington but no timeline and not even no, there's no timeline even on what the next step is. Uh, The next step would be getting him to practice with the team in a full practice that hasn't happened yet. And maybe it happens in two weeks and maybe it happens in a month and a half, or maybe it doesn't happen this season. The flames aren't putting any pressure on a timeline. and, And I think that's the important way to go about it. Um, this says I might have missed this, uh, but if you discuss whether the team would have done better without Wolf in net that comes from Doug in Calgary well Wolf started because Vladar was sick A uh, and B no I don't think the team would have done better the, the devils played well they deserved to win this one uh, both team hit both teams hit some posts and really yes, there was the Wolf miscue that led to one of the goals, but I thought Dustin played a really solid game. And who knows how it would have gone with Vladarin in that. So, no, I, I don't pin this as a goaltending loss on the Flames. There you go. Great stuff at nine sixty nine sixty on the text line. Let's get back to the phone lines at 403 240 as the Flames fall 4 2 to New Jersey. Got a few more calls before we wrap up our Flames Talk postgame. Starting with Jared. What's going on, Jared? Hey, Pat.
6: Thanks for taking my call. How are you tonight?
0: I'm well. How are you?
6: good good thank you um yeah so what i kind of i didn't watch the games this afternoon so i wanted to just, just bring up something about the flames more in general and um about a month ago i think it was you had eric francis on maybe on a friday and he said the next 10 to 20 games were going to be very telling for the flames just based on they kind of at that point they had just won and snapped a snapped their losing streak and uh and so then the flames kind of rattled off a bunch of wins, and, and since then they've kind of been floating around 500. Um, basically my, my question is, and, and you kind of brought it up I think yesterday as well with Eric, do you think if they kind of coast at this 500 point and they are battling for a wild card, is that kind of telling of the need for a rebuild in your opinion, or a retool?
13: Uh,
0: yeah, yeah.
6: Yeah, because it just kind of seems like a lot of the same. With with the flames in that regard, where it's like they're kind of kind of squeak in, and then they go out in the first round, or maybe they they win in the first round, or something like that. And I think it's just sort of telling for the need for for a rebuild.
0: That and that's that's kind of that's that's pretty much where I am, Jared. In that, I I think this team could make the playoffs as presently constructed. Um, they're in the mix, and and I think that they are a team that could end up. Being there, they'd be there in kind of a probably a wild card or maybe number three in the division, but that seems like it's going to be tough to track down with the way the top three is playing in the division right now um, and, and the cushion that they've built up. So, yeah, but, but I mean, to me, you've got a unique opportunity with this group because I don't think as presently constructed that this is a full-on cup contender – And very rarely do you have the number of not just UFAs, but like impact UFAs or pending UFAs that the Flames have right now they have to make decisions on. And knowing that Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannifin and Chris Tanev are all going to be very sought-after players, I think you've got a really good opportunity to – Put your organization on a different and probably uh, more positive overall trajectory where maybe in a few years, we're not talking about them just being a team that sneaks in. Maybe we're talking about them being a team like Dallas that is is a little bit more on the cusp of being okay, they're not a bubble team, they went to a Western Conference final, now what do the Stars have to do to be a cup contender and a cup winner? Maybe in a couple of years, that could be the Flames, if indeed they decided to go in a slightly different direction, you know?
6: Yeah, and I like how you brought up Lindholm from that text earlier. Um, The Flames are kind of in a unique opportunity that they've not had in my memory of being able to trade some of these highly sought-after UFAs and and kind of fill the the cupboards, so to speak. I remember a few years ago, um, I don't know if it was Elliot or somebody put out um, a thing on the 32 teams in the NHL and who had the the best prospect pool and the Flames were like second from last or something like that. And I think since that came out, the Flames have definitely filled the cupboards a little bit. Um, But I think... Craig Conroy has a, an interesting opportunity to capitalize that where we haven't really had that in a long time because we've been picking 13, 14, 15, 16 in the draft and getting, um, getting some decent guys for sure. And even some guys in the third and fourth rounds have come off like Anderson and Shillington and those kind of guys. But, um, yeah, I think he's got a unique opportunity. And the, and the other thing, uh, just the last thing maybe that I'll, that I'll say about Lindholm. Um, I was kind of with you too about the idea of like we have to re sign Lindholm in the summer. Mm-hmm. But I think Lindholm was the product of um, cashing in on two wingers, two elite wingers with Goudreau and, and uh, Kachuk on either side and, and being the benefactor of that with having that great season. I still think Lindholm's like a, a good player and a good center and a good winger too when he was playing wing too. But I think he's more of that like good player. Like he could be a, a number two center, like almost like a, he's a different player from Kadri but almost like a Kadri equal, like should be making around seven a year, not nine a year, like was kind of more rumored before. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on that.
0: No, I I, I think that I, I'm a big fan of Lindholm too. I think that, you know having guys who are perennially in a selkie trophy conversation there's a big value in having players like that but at the same time i i'm i'm with you in the sense that right now based on the way the season is gone and where the flames might be going to give a, a player that you know is is probably closer to being a 65 70 point player when he doesn't have line mates like that and a very good 65 to 70 point player who is very responsible defensively and does a ton of things away from just goals and points i still i still think that paying that 9 million dollars especially with the way we've seen this play this this flames team play this year i i don't know if that's the way you want to go
6: yeah i think i think if you went to the open market and like signed with uh i don't know signed in detroit or something and he's got the and Kane on his wings i think all of a sudden he could become like another 80 90 point player and then we feel like we we missed out but i think he is a product sometimes of his of his wingers and if we could cash in maybe get a maybe get a first in a prospect plus or something like that for him, I think now would be the time. But thanks, Pat, for taking my call. I appreciate it.
0: No problem, Jared. Be well, man. Appreciate the call. Uh, two more calls, three more calls, rather, before we wrap things up. Jim is with us. What's up, Jim? Uh, thanks for taking my call, Pat.
15: No problem. Uh, I want to talk about schedules. Okay. And uh, I am disgusted with the – schedule that the, the uh, Calgary Flames has because when I look at what they have above uh, north they haven't had a, a, a back-to-back yet they 90 84% of the the the, uh, uh, the Oilers games the, the the team is playing the second night when they get in there um, and a uh, uh, Calgary is uh, uh, going on their fourth hard uh, game, you know, three games in four nights, the fourth one this year so far. How many do they have back-to-back in the schedule? Do you know, Pat?
0: I believe they only have four back-to-backs this year.
15: Oh, oh no, I doubt it. Last year they had 14, Edmonton had six. So the back to back games are the hardest to play
0: and i know I, ju- I, I um, just they they're they I, they have I a low Jim, 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 get the Jim, schedule Jim they have a low number of back to backs this year they do have some three and fours that's for sure uh but they do have a low number of back to backs i I don't know off the top of my head what it is, but I thought it was only four or five
15: well that'd be a different from the last four years
0: it would be. But
15: but yeah, because uh, Edmonton's been playing four to five to six a, a time, and Calgary's been fourteen, fifteen.
0: I, I can't. I can't. Years. I don't know what you want me. I don't know what you want me to say about um, the. Well, uh,
15: I, I'm just saying. Uh, um, whoever makes up this. Well, the schedule is made up in Toronto. Is it?
0: Like I, 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 if you, if you wanna be. if you wanna believe that the league is doing this on purpose to punish the flames, you can. Um, I mean, well, Carolina. I'm not
15: they're punishing. And but, yeah, but I just I did mean, the count. I just be.
0: Jim, Jim, Jim. I just did yeah. the count. They've got five back-to-backs this year.
15: Five this year.
0: Yeah. Like this well, season. Well,
15: that, that, that's good to hear. Yeah. Because I figured it the way they're going. You know, they're not even uh, half about a third of the way through and they got, well, they're going into their fourth. So I thought it's another year of 14, you know, but five is not bad. Then I And
0: hope. I mean, they have had, they have had a few, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they uh, haven't had some tough schedules, uh, stu- tough schedule stretches rather. I mean, that that three and four that they are that four and six they just went out on the road the last time that was a grinder and they yeah. came back and then it was five and eight to start the homestand now they've got three yeah. and four against uh, some good teams here um, but again and I haven't done the um, math because it just isn't something that I, I pay a ton of attention to or, or or get myself worked up over but I mean Carolina was in here on the second half of a back to back on Thursday after playing in Edmonton on Wednesday. Wednesday, so it does it does happen the other way too
15: yeah once in a while but up there it just seems that um they they haven't had a a back-to-back on the road or at home yet
0: i I don't know i haven't analyzed Um, their schedule it's
15: ridiculous or the way i see it but uh anyway pat thanks for taking my call
0: okay jim be well uh let's say hello to parsons what's up Pars? hey how's it going good Pars. how are you
11: Uh, i'm doing okay i'm still recovering but hey um yeah it was uh you know i wish we could have got the win tonight uh you know our third period magic did not work out tonight so but that's okay you know we're gonna have to lose once in a while but um uh, I just want to say, uh, I forgot to mention the last call that uh, it was good to hear Sylvia again. She's a legend, and um, I like when she calls in. She's, uh, like I say, a legend as a caller. But um, uh, Backlund, Lindholm, Manjapani, where are these guys? Like, you know, there's one thing that's evident when watching these games is that, you know, our our best guys are definitely not our best guys, and I can throw Huberto in the mix and stuff like that too, but it's, it's disappointing. Um, Backlund, this is why, you know, I was really hesitant about uh, – you know, I'm probably going to ruffle some feathers here, but I didn't really think he was captain material. To be honest, like I know he's put in his time. So what? What um, about like
0: what about him is not being captain material right now? Though I don't, I don't leading, understand. Le- le- leading by example on what, the agenda. So how is he not leading by example? He's not doing anything out there. He's invisible. Yeah, I don't agree. I think he's actually been one of their better players for quite some time.
11: I, I, I completely disagree with you on that one.
0: Um, then he, he, I, I've got I've got lots to back it up, like even anecd- not even anecd- like empirically. I mean, I, I I don't. He's that that line with him and Coleman and Huberdeau's been one of their best lines for weeks now. Backlund drives that line. He's on pace for his normal number of points. He's on pace for forty to forty-five points. I I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not quite seeing what you're seeing there and, and that's not even just my backland bias that we all know exists. I, I don't I'm not quite mm-hmm. sure what you're seeing there.
11: I'm just I'm I'm not seeing him um affect games very much in terms of uh just I don't know how to put it, Pat. He's just not affecting games enough for me. Um, you know, I, I could be wrong, but um I always saw a captain as someone who goes out and can take over a game one way or another or leads by example or changes a game or something. Well, the I mean that's never that, been who Backland is though. Like well, that, that's why that's why I was never keen on him being a captain. Because he he never did that, and he will go through spells where he's invisible for. So what, like, so when the when the rest
0: of the team says that he's the captain, there's no questions asked. It's
11: time. I get it. It's time put in. I get it. I get it. Like,
0: well, it's not even just just time put in. Like lots of guys put in time and don't become captain. Like it was pretty unanimous inside that room who the captain was even last year.
11: Yeah, I suppose, man. I just I don't know. I like I said, I know it's gonna ruffle a feather or two, but
0: Well I just um, it just it seems it's uh, that one just seems I, I just Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund have been among the most consistent players on the team this year. I mean at five on five well all Blake Backlund, Coleman
11: for sure. Blake well but Coleman, but for Coleman
0: sure. and Backlund are, are kind of a product of not a product of, but they they each make the other one better.
11: I suppose. Um, I don't know, man. I just, I wish I could really see a little bit more out of backland. Um, and and that, and that goes for Manjapani, you know, you know, we're paying this guy 5.8 million and there's two more years on that. And where is this guy? You know, um, I'm really pissed off about these, these three backland lentil and Manjapani. You know, they're supposed to be helping leading this team. Uh, getting on the score sheet, um, more so the score sheet. I know they do other things, right? Like, Lindholm's a good two-way guy. Um, Backlin is an obviously awesome PK guy, um, excellent defensively. But, you know, we need them on the score sheet too because we're paying these guys a lot of money to do that. Um, and they're not there, you know there's a lot of guys making money on this team who are not showing up on the score sheet, which is un- unfortunate, but well,
0: I mean, I, there, there's no, there's no doubt that this is a lower scoring team. Like the, their, their leading yeah, but, score is now, uh, up to 18 points in 27 games. That's brutal. I, yeah. And, and, but that's, that's probably, I guess I would say, get used to that, get used to it. <laughs> yeah,
11: I guess. But, uh, you know what, Pat? I thought Wolf had a good game tonight. Um, it seems like anything that goes behind him is kind of a freakish goal. Um, even when he gave up the puck, you know, it went off knee pads, knee pads here, or there, and a freakish goal. Um, I really like this guy, Pat. Wolf is—he's the real deal for sure. Um, and I thought Coronado had a good effort tonight. Um, you know, I hate to see Pospisil sit.
0: Uh, he didn't like, sit he was sick or or sicker oh hurt. was he sick so there, it was oh. not a healthy scratch then
11: okay okay yeah i thought i thought they sat him up. no no party. that
0: was that was um that was a uh non healthy there were no healthies i think jordan osterly was a healthy scratch in this game but um, oh okay no that's that's why they called Coronado up man like they they oh, okay. they've got a flu bug ripping through them right now
11: yeah it's hitting everyone including me <laughs> But um, you know, I thought Zary was flying up there tonight too. Like th- this guy's gonna be a player for us, Pat, like going forward. Um this guy's only gonna get better. Um my thing on the the Lindholm front, and I'll I'll keep this kinda kinda short for now, but um you know, I hear there's certain teams that want Lindholm, uh, including Boston. And my my take is this is if, if we're gonna deal with Boston, I want Matthew uh, Patras. Uh, am I pronouncing that correctly? Uh, I think. I think it's pronounced Patras.
0: Yeah, I think it is.
11: Okay. Because he's a centerman as well. And um, I think if uh, if Boston's in go now mode and they want Lentom, I want Patras back because I think he's a good prospect, that guy.
0: Yeah, I'm not I'm not like super super familiar with him. Um but I, I, I have I have heard his name mentioned by like people like, oh yeah, if Boston's gonna be that could be a guy that Team X or Team Y could go after. So I'm not like I, I wouldn't sit here and tell you that I'm I'm super familiar or super knowledgeable oh, okay. on him. But yeah. he is a center and I and I do think that is an area that the Flames could and should at the very least, be thinking about targeting if they're looking for younger players or prospects.
11: Absolutely. And I'll end with this. Uh, what happened to Otani? I thought we were guaranteed, Pat. Oh,
0: the Steinberg guarantee did not come through on that one. Now, yeah. that was just me manifesting as more more than anything else. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would have liked to see that. That would have been awesome.
11: Yeah, me too, brother. Okay, well, you have a good night, sir.
0: All right, hope that voice gets better. Thanks, Pars. Thanks, buddy. And that'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. The Flames uh, fall 4-2 to the New Jersey Devils here at the Scotiabank Saddledome to wrap up a six-game homestand with three wins and three losses as we start to uh, wrap things up on our Flames Talk post-game show. Uh, It's time for the final summary. Here's how this game went on a Saturday afternoon. Flames actually opened the scoring. They had one of their best first periods in a long time. And for the first time in nine games, the Flames open the scoring thanks to Yegor Sharongovich, a great finish uh, late in the first period for Sharongovich, shorthanded. He picks up his sixth of the year. Sharongovich from Blake Coleman and Ilya Solovyov at 1941, and it was one nothing Calgary after 20 minutes of play. Off to the second period we go, where New Jersey starts to push back. They tied it at 328. As Nico Heischer rips home his fifth of the year, Heischer from Jesper Brat and Luke Hughes at 3:28 made it 1-1. Then New Jersey took their first lead at 12:31 of the second period on a Brat goal, his 11th unassisted, made it 2-1 at 12:31, and it was 2-1 New Jersey after 20 minutes. Sorry, after 40 minutes of play. Then in the third, Timo Meyer makes it 3-1 with what would end up being the eventual game winner, Timo Meyer's sixth from Alexander Holtz at 8:50. 9. Flames get one back at 14.46 as Nazem Kadri scores his 6th of the year. Kadri from Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin to make it 3-2, but then New Jersey ices it into an empty net with less than a minute to go. Nico Heischer's 2nd of the game into the empty net, his 6th of the year, 2nd of the night unassisted at 19-22, gets us to our 4-2 final score. Final shots, 25-29 in favor of New Jersey. Calgary did not get a power play this afternoon. New Jersey 0-2 with the man advantage. Your three stars, number three, Luke Hughes. Number two, Yegor Sharangovich. And your number one star with a goal and an assist was Jesper Brad of the Devils. With the loss, the Flames fall to 11-13-3. They're back in action Monday on the road in Colorado, while New Jersey improves to 14-10-1. They're back in action tomorrow, Sunday afternoon in Edmonton that is your final summary and now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey this afternoon for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Corey Sarich for our on-site engineers Tim Khalil and Jeff Mason for our reporter Logan Gordon and for our outstanding producer Azam Ali Nanji my name is Pat Steinberg that'll start to wrap us up on our Flames Talk post game show which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon or wherever you get your podcast next up for the flames it is a road game in colorado monday night at seven thirty p.m we'll be on the air at 6 30 with your calgary flames warm-up have yourself a wonderful rest of your weekend final score from the saddle dome this afternoon flames fall 4-2 to the new jersey devils this has been your flames talk post game show available wherever you get your podcasts and this has been calgary flames hockey on Sportsnet 960 the fan